and after a two-week break, welcome to the latest episode of Loving Your Garden, Better Gardening podcast with me, Rod Whiting, and our regular gardening expert, John Sterland. And we return with a special guest, Nick Hamilton, owner of Barnsdale Gardens in Rutland. Created 37 years ago by his father, Gardener's World presenter, Jeff Hamilton. We talk a lot about his late dad and his legacy, those wonderful gardens, and we talk about what it was like growing up with a famous father. So let's hear from the man himself, Nick Hamilton. Thank you, Rod. Lovely to be here, and and good evening, John. Good evening, Nick. Fantastic. Lovely to have you here. Can I just mention one thing? Barnsdale is a very special place, and that's from David Stevens. And I think you know David. Oh, uh, I do yeah. know David, yeah. yeah. Well, David, actually, David's David's back with us on Saturday doing a planting design course for us. So, oh, yeah, we fabulous. see David quite a bit. But, um, yes, it's a, it, I have to say, I was just saying to somebody who, who um, came in the other day that she said, oh, and what do you come here for? And it was a very weird question, to be honest. You know, what do you do and what do you come here for? I said, well, well let's, let's, let's answer the second one first. I said, I come here every day to enjoy myself. I said, I have a great time. Yeah. And, and I love every day. Every day going to Barnsley is a great day. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. <laughs> so for the benefit of people who yes. don't know who Nick Hamilton is, Nick uh, is uh, the owner of, of Barnsdale Gardens uh, in Rutland, uh, which is my favourite place. Um, it's uh, without doubt my favourite place. I go there as, as often as I as, <laughs> as I can, although with petrol prices <laughs> the way they are, I may have to reduce the number of visits. But it, it's just a, a wonderful place. And, and of course, it was put on the map by your dad, Nick, and the, the great Jeff Hamilton, who is, is known and loved by... Um, gardeners of our age for sure because uh, we grew up with him uh, on our tvs but the, the the wonderful thing about it is it, it, it's a great place to visit quite apart from the fact that it's the mm. wonderful gardens is because it was set up as a tv studio wasn't it yeah i mean we've have sort of 38 individual gardens and features in, and in effect they're they're all mini television sets but but of course you know it, you have to remember it was also my dad's back garden so he wanted it to have that back garden or that garden feel. So, you know, although we have, in effect, these television sets, they don't feel like that. It does feel like a garden as you're wandering around with suddenly you come across a, a little individual garden and, and uh, you know, that's a surprise almost. So so they're all surrounded by lovely borders and, and uh, you know, and planting. So it, it gives us, uh, you know, that feeling of being in a garden whilst, whilst, uh, whilst you're wandering around, which is great. And, of course, you know, he spent... 17 years um, on garden as well, 14 years from, from the Barnsdale that we're at now, creating these, and it continues to evolve and, and develop. How are you planning gardens-wise? I mean, you've already mentioned you've got all these little uh, studios, television studios. Have you got any plans for new gardens this year? Well, I mean, as you know, John, the, the, you know, the process of, of creating a garden is 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 not a, a rapid thing and people of a certain age will remember the ground force thing you know yeah. where where supposedly with three people everything was done in a day <laughs> and they all knew that wasn't the case yeah uh, and there was a team behind them but the, the point with very often with gardens and certainly in 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 my environment i think yes. is that you know i'm i'm always conscious of of, of the visitor you know i i develop redevelop gardens as and when they need to be yes. done so whilst they're still giving ideas to people 
then there is no reason to do anything with them. But but also, I want I want regular visitors to see the change. So yes, exactly. Come, you know, one month and 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 find that you know there's a bare space there. Come the next month and just see a garden finished. I'd like them to see it develop as well. So. You know, in that respect, it, it's um, we tend to do it as a slow process. Yes. Um, the offshoot of that and the benefit of it is it also gives us the opportunity not to have to spend so much money all in one go. <laughs> you know, yes. Like yeah. everybody else, we can spread it out as well, you know, and, and that has a, a really good, you know, effect. I mean, I've got, you know, one or two ideas of, of things I'd like to do. The, the, the first thing I'd like to do is there's one of the courtyard gardens, so one of the little courses in the courtyard garden area, which are separates out into four quarters uh, i want to redevelop that into a scented sort of area yes so so we're going to take all the planting out of that and do that you know there's an area next to the i was hoping to do it this winter but but because of the last two years we've had things mm. have knocked on a bit and we haven't had a chance to do it but next to the land's end garden the seaside retreat we've got so there's a, a border that comes off the side of that i want to want to actually make that really into a bit more like a beach area Yes. So, so make that very sort of um, sandy and, and and change that. So little bits at the moment, but yeah. not a main garden to be changed just yet because I don't think we have one that needs redeveloping. No, but you've also got the fact that um, gardens mature and there's a lot of you know it isn't just planting and there's maintenance later. Um, yeah. I, I our local garden, Alan Gray's. I'd love to go there with my secateurs and me. Heavy pruners. And, Stop it. And, uh, yeah, because I don't know whether Alan is into, um, you know, maintenance, but uh, when I go around there, I think, oh, I could love it to do some pruning. But, but, um, you know, yeah, but I mean, but that hope you're not listening. But that, but that does, that exactly highlights, you know, what gardens are all about, aren't they? They're Absolutely. a very personal thing, and everybody yes. has their likes and dislikes and has their own way of doing things. And what what is good for somebody is not necessarily good for somebody else yes. you know, and that's that's great because then you create exactly what you want and 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 that's that's the wonderful thing about it it is such a fabulous time of year because there's such a lovely lush greenness to everything yeah, you know, as, yeah. as it's coming out at this yeah. time of year and and I, I say quite often actually to visitors when they come round from really from the the sort of end of feb early march you know look at look at the ground look at the ground look at stuff coming through the ground because yeah. there's so much stuff that yeah that looks that, that has such a spectacular look the minute it bursts through the ground you know you look at, at, at the classic example is something like a peony you know peony lactiflora yeah. you know yeah. when it comes through the ground it's such a dark sort of blood red when it bursts yes. out through yeah. the ground and then as it grows up it, it then greens up but of course if you don't notice it until it's till it's up then you've missed out on all of that lovely colour that it's coming through the ground. There's so much stuff like that. Well, we've got people saying hello. Oh, it's David Stevens. Uh, hello, David. Um, he says, "Yes, we know you're there on Saturday." <laughs> oh, do you? <laughs> uh, David's a member. Um, yeah, yeah, bless yeah, you. There's a couple more I wanted to show you. We've seen that one. So that's I, I love that. stunning. What a lovely yeah. it's I mean, that, the, that sort of transition, isn't it? As you go through the garden, that yeah. is just perfect. Yeah. The thing is that at the end of that apple arch there, the, we had a, a dad put on there a lovely gate. So that's the sort of the 
the separation point at the far end, the other end of the apple arch, between you know what I call the nursery garden bit, which was the bit that was open as we were developing it, yes. and the TV garden, which was never open whilst, whilst my dad was alive. And we, he put that apple arch in there with the lovely gate at the back purely to open a programme once every May when it was in full blossom. And, you know, I used to get every every Saturday morning, he'd come down to the nursery and, and he'd come down there. And, and I say to people, I was, you know, they, they think that I was forced to watch the program. And I said, I was never forced to watch Gardener's World. But every Saturday morning, he'd come down and he'd say, what did you think then? And, of course, I had to have an answer. So <laughs> I was interested anyway. But, of course, you know, that's almost saying to you, have you watched the program or not? You know, and, and stuff. But... Um, but the thing is that, and, and something that I'm going to let you into a little trade secret now that people don't realise is the <laughs> fact right. that I planted that apple arch, put it up and planted it in 1989. I came back to Barnsdale full time in, in January 1989. And the idea was that we we found a, we decided we were going to set up a little business together. We'd spoken about it and we we were going to do that. And, and in the meantime, I worked at Barnsdale. Um, literally my dad paid me just barely enough for me to run my car and to buy food, pay my rent, and that was it. And I, I sweated. I put that apple arch up. I planted all the apples bar one. I raked all of that level and and sowed, uh, sorry, laid the turf and did everything so it was all ready so he could come and plant the last apple tree. And he came on. I'm sat there watching the program on Friday night. <laughs> and he came on and he said, he planted the last apple tree. He said, oh, he said, well, that's that job finished. I'm pleased I've done that. <laughs> and I sat there open mouth. <laughs> My back's still aching. Oh dear. <laughs> and he was great at leaping in at the last minute, I have to say. But he was I mean, he was a hard worker. I've never known anybody work so hard as him. And and uh, you know, but but a lot of people don't realise very often what goes on behind the scenes. I mean No, no. I mean I, I was I was always fascinated because um, I did hear that plumbers and people like that used to worry about what your dad was going to put on um on gardener's world because you know it's a you know perhaps and and put on the top a ball cock and they're great go to your plumber and the plumbers would be oh no <laughs> no this <laughs> is every, the, all the plumbers on saturday morning were uh, have you got a ball cock have yeah you... <laughs> <laughs> it was just like that one day yeah this is spectacular isn't it absolutely spectacular I love yeah it. it's a, i mean that's the the rose garden but but you know i mean my, my dad and and we still are you know the, i've been obviously been brought up in the in in the same way that that he sort of gardens obviously he, he was my teacher as well as 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 uh, you know, college and other experiences mm. that I've had, but also for millions of other gardeners, he was their teacher. But, yeah. but you know, it's all about, it's not just about, it was never about one thing for him, you know. So he created a rose garden that where the, the main focus when they were in flower were the roses. But, mm. of course, he was never about that. It was always about as much value for money as you could get. So the whole garden, you know, lots of the gardens, that, or most of the gardens that he created were always all-year-round gardens. They might yes. have had a particular focus at a particular time of year, but they also had to carry you through the rest of the year because you should be using your garden all year round. Yes. Absolutely. I rem I remember when I first met your dad, it was um I was at um Moor Green Nurseries and he came there and um it was giving advice. It was very, very early on because he went on about the size of the mortgage and everything like that. And he was doing a, he was doing a program about house plants. And I said to 
He says, and he took a cut in, and I said, Jeff, you put you put plastic over that geranium cut in. I says, you don't usually do that. You put put paper over. He says, I hate house plants. He <laughs> <laughs> says, I don't like house plants at all. But when you got a mortgage my size, you'll do anything. <laughs> you must have had a, a constant stream of of uh, well known people coming through Barnsdale uh, uh, during those years. I mean, are there, yeah. are there any particular celebrities that come to mind? Well, I mean, I, you know, I've always been um, fascinated with uh, you know food food ties in you know being being male as well. I think food rules your life a lot of the time so ken hom was a great uh, always yeah. a great thing yeah. um you know with yeah. that my terrible claim to fame is is is, is one that I, I wheel out occasionally when i think it's suitable is the fact that i was hugged by lionel blair uh, when he came up to do a, um, a thing for children in need um and most of the time people say to you sorry lionel who <laughs> so, and then that makes you feel really old obviously um but yes no we we, we had quite a lot of, i think the the thing that that really for me typified what what my dad had achieved in in his life as far as the he hated the the, the, the that sort of celebrity culture you know he was a a normal bloke uh, and and uh, and that's you know and that's what what gardening is about that you know we we're not we we don't, we're not film stars we're not whatever you know we get yeah. on and do what we do and he was very down to earth in that respect and you know liked to talk to anybody who wanted to talk to him about his favourite subject, which was gardening, and didn't like that, oh, you're on the television thing, and people just wanting to talk to him necessarily about that because he was on the television. But, you know, when they did the the series after he died in, in sort of about his life, they approached Richard, or Richard Bryars, actually, I think, may well have approached the BBC, but, but they certainly, one of the other approached him to do that, and he was so keen to do it because he absolutely loved the programme. You know, and my dad was such a fan of Richard Bryars, and it was it was such a nice mm. thing, um, you know, to have that. Um, you know, that was great. We used to go down and have a Kit Kat and a coffee on the patio, Martin yeah, yeah, yeah. and myself. We we often used to go down, and we'd say, coming on Radio Nottingham, and and he bless him, he'd come up, and he really would, and he'd say, "Don't tell Steve Pink about." about this yeah steve, steve was his agent, his agent. Yeah. yeah he was his agent yeah. yeah because we had the likes of you know i mean people like susan hampshire was coming up and doing that yeah. doing the houseplant program yes the house she came program, to do that yeah. but i think one of the funniest one of the funniest things actually meetings with you know with with well-known people was was he he used to have to go he felt he had to go to the front covers party which was a radio times thing and always held in london at the bbc offices there somewhere uh, and and you were invited to the party uh, if you'd been on the front cover of the Radio Times that year, and mm-hmm. and of course it wasn't his thing at all. Not his uh, very very full of, of of lots of of lovey darlings and people like that, you know, and whatever. But he felt that he had to go, and and he he thought that if he could be there for about twenty minutes, so he'd drive all the way to London for twenty minutes. It, the people that needed to see him there would see him there that the powers that be at the bbc would see him there he'd shake the right hands then he could sneak out you see and leave and then come home and 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 the the second one that he went to he'd done his 20 minutes and he was he was sneaking out and and he suddenly heard this person shouting jeff behind him uh and he turned around it was paul merton and he loved oh. Paul Merton because he was—he's so quick-witted and and, yes. and, and excellent, yeah. and he absolutely loved him. And and mm-hmm. and he turned round and he was, he was horrified, and then so pleased with that. And and um, 
Paul Merton came over and he said, oh, Jeff, he said, just before you go, he said, I just wanted to say, at the time he was married to Caroline Quentin, and he just came, he said, I just came over to say, my wife absolutely loves your programme, turned around and walked off. (laughs) (laughs) And uh, and that's all he came to tell him. But he he told the story, that story to everybody. (laughs) It was so tough, but it was quite funny because he was, you know, he was overawed by the fact that he'd met Paul Merton, and it, it you yeah. know, and, and in that respect, because he, he, you know, appreciated what he did and 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 stuff, and you know, it was great. Yeah. Well, of course, a lot of these stories will come out in your new book, won't it? Uh, it's all in the genes, is that right? It's uh, the right genes. It's called oh, the right yes, genes. I think the right part. genes. Um, the right so genes. it's all about the genetics. Look, I wanted to, for some time, wanted to write um, some books about you know, my life sort of with my dad and, and yeah. this one in particular is is uh, sort of concentrates on my time growing up with him. It, so it starts really from a little bit about his history, but very, very scant with that. And then really from, you know, when when I, I made my entrance into this world right the way through till his very first appearance on Gardener's World. What I wanted to do was make people aware of the chap that they didn't see on the camera, you know, they saw yeah. but on the camera, but off the camera, what he was like off the camera, yes. really. I mean, very much what you got was what you got, but there was such a madness to it all. <laughs> there were times, actually, on the TV when you did get to see his sense of humour, but he had an appalling sense of humour. I mean, it was appalling, and he got that from his father, so it is in the genes. And I, you know, and I've said to several people, I'm, I'm awfully sorry, you know, but it's not my fault. It's no. genetic. I mean, I can't help it, you know, and, and, and that's the thing. And so, so quite a few things, I think, in the book in particular. It's a very emotional thing to do and, and a lovely thing to do for me, you know, and I really enjoyed doing it. And, and like I say, it's nice to show the man, really... And this is all obviously before he becomes famous. And, and I think it makes people appreciate as well that, that you know, he was flesh and blood and bone like everybody else. Yeah, I can imagine making television programmes is is stressful, you know, isn't it? And, yeah. you know, you've got to, I don't know as I could, I've, I've, I have made them, but um, yeah. well, know, I, think, I, think I found with, it stressful anyway. Yeah. Well, well I think <laughs> with, with everything in, in life, John, it's about having the, the right people, yes. you know, to do to do the job. And, and obviously my dad was, you know, the right person to be the presenter. And when he first started on Gardeners, well, for quite a number of years, I have to say, you know, the, 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 the producers that he had were people who who you know who'd been producing for quite some time yeah directing for quite some time knew their job inside out and worked so well with him um, yes. and you know i think it became a little bit more stressful for him later on in his television career mm. i think the the producer that really made him and the program was john kenyon who was his first producer yeah. and john was a you know just a, a stunningly good thing and 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 i remember you know my dad saying to me so i couldn't believe what what i've been told today and 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 this was obviously very early on in his television life and it was when they started to come to film at barnsdale and john john said to him one day he said look jeff he said this is the way that we're going to work he said you know you're you're the horticulturist you know everything that that we need you you know we need to know about about the gardening side of things he said and and so so that's your department I'm the television producer, director. He said, I can tell you and make sure that everything that you do looks best and comes across in the best way on the television. And together, yeah. we'll make the best gardening program there's ever been. And they did. 
and they wow. did yeah wow. <laughs> and but but they worked together so he listened to my dad and and whatever and then you know as as time progresses you know you go you you fast forward 13 14 years and 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 suddenly things start to change a little bit and there's not so much emphasis on on asking maybe the presenter the the best way to do things and whatever so it, you know it, and it did, did become more stressful for him after and what about yeah. the, what about the fame side of it? Did that become a pressure? No, I mean he was like I say he would talk to anybody because most people just wanted to talk to him about gardening, and that was great. And I think that you know the thing that that very much highlighted that side of things for me was at Gardeners World Live. So you know, lots of people don't realise that Gardeners World Live at the NEC was my dad's idea in in the first place. He was mm-hmm. the driving force behind getting it off the ground, and so it was sort of like his little baby, and and so. The very first, and it was all about being able to meet the television presenters that you see on the television, meet them in the flesh, be able to talk to them face to face and all of this sort of stuff. And it's all very personal, very relaxed, very laid back. So he spent the the whole of the time that the show was open, basically, you know, talking to people, but also doing things around the show as well, but spent a lot of time just chatting to to punters who'd come to the show. And then the second year that he did it, they realized what a, you know, what a valuable resource he could be. And they had him going here, there and everywhere. And so he, he didn't have time, so much time to stop and talk to people, but mm-hmm. it wasn't going to put him off. And he, you know, and, and, and I was, I was obviously at the show as well doing stuff. And, and, um, and I heard him saying to somebody, look, you know, I have to be on the other side of this hall in five minutes to do something. So, so I'm really sorry. I can't stop to talk to you, but if you want to talk to me, you're going to have to walk with me. <laughs> and, oh. so that's what they did. <laughs> yeah. you know, and so literally yeah. had these people following him around and as one finished one moved up into the front and, and spoke to him so yeah. he still wanted you know mm-hmm. he understood the importance of all of that sort of thing but obviously yeah. the pressure of other things so the fame thing because he, he only ever saw himself as just a normal bloke like you and I he, he hated the term celebrity he was never mm. a cele- in, in his own eyes he was never a celebrity he was a gardener yeah, you know, horticulturalist, yeah. and that's what yes. he was, and 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 so you know that that side of things. So that's why he didn't like the you know having to attend things like the BBC front covers party <laughs> yeah, yeah, because yeah. That, that was more a celebrity <laughs> thing, and that wasn't yeah. his thing at all. He felt very yeah. uncomfortable doing things like that. Speaking of horticulturists, uh, say hello to Paul Morley, um, one of our members who's uh, watching. Hello, Paul. Uh, Sheila Offley, uh, Lillian Patterson. Hello, Lillian. Nice to see you all. Well, let's get let's get back to today. Uh, and yes, when we go back to the start, I remember having this interview with you last year, Nick. Um, <laughs> when when we sort of just were going through that first year of uh, of, of the lockdown, mm. and I think that we all thought at, at the start was this was going to be an utter disaster for for horticulture because it kind of looked that way initially, didn't it? Mm. And then suddenly it all flipped round and it actually became a, a huge i mean quite apart from the awfulness of the pandemic it actually became a very good thing for horticulture oh absolutely and i think that that you know historically we've always done well as an industry certainly outside of the industry i don't think necessarily um, garden design is is the same but certainly the growing side the visiting side you know that sort of side of things garden center side has always done well in a in a recession because people don't go away on holiday so much or so many times. They don't go out and buy a new car because money's tight. They don't necessarily move house because money's tight. So they stay at home. They then start to use their garden and, and start to potter about in their garden. So they then go and buy plants. And it's the same with day visits. They'll go out and visit gardens because they need something to do. They're not going on holidays. 
And so, you know, almost the effects of the pandemic was the same as that, in that it was almost, it was the same sort of um, effect that we had as, as being in a, in, a, in a recession in that respect. Yes. But obviously, the, the, the massive bonus was the fact that people were, were having to stay at home. And so by default, people who would never step in their garden at the age that they were at or the stage of their life that they were at, um, went into the garden through very often through sheer boredom. And and the great thing about that is is that, that just by pottering about, they discovered the, the sheer joy that is gardening. And that's the thing, is the difficult thing to make people understand, I think, is is that that feeling you have when you're in the garden without actually experiencing it yourself. And if you if you try and force somebody to experience it, of course they're never going to experience it at all. They need to to find that out themselves. So as an industry, we we have all of a sudden more people now interested in gardening than there was before the pandemic started. Uh, so, you know, I know that that for us at, at Barnsdale, the, the thing really that kept us going through that first year was the mail order. And then the mail order just went off the scale for what we would normally be doing. Um, it's never been a massive part of our business, but it, it, it went completely mad. And I know, you know, many, many, many nurseries um, just had never recorded sales like they did um, through that first lockdown because people couldn't get to garden centres and of course and mm. nurseries and of course it was that time of year when when everybody was planting so garden centres and nurseries have done certainly very well and I think places to visit I, I, I was saying to somebody just the other day you know I've, I've been at Barnsdale like I said, I've been at Barnsdale for for you know 33 years and in all the time since then I'd never realised until the pandemic started that uh, we were a place where people could socially distance. Of course, we'd never heard that term before. <laughs> yeah. uh, you know, and suddenly, suddenly we're, we're modern. Suddenly, um, you know, and because at Barnsdale, you've always been able to to spread out and space out, and it's always been a garden that's been like that. Yeah, and the good thing is, people have been looking for places like that to go. Well, one of the joys of Barnsdale, though, is that because of that TV studio. Uh, kind of uh, design uh, it's actually quite compact for for the amount of land that that you've got there isn't it you can be around i mean you can have a really pleasant walk around without actually tiring yourself out completely no exactly i mean i i in in um in one of my barnstyle talks that i that i give to groups i i talk about a, a chap who came to find me one day uh, some years ago now and uh, and he, he he came up to me and he said well can i can i ask you a question and always a bit wary when somebody says, can I ask you a question? I mean, thank <laughs> God you didn't produce the plastic bag with something in it. I mean, that's always the horrifying one. Um, <laughs> and, and, uh, and uh, you know, with a bit out of their garden. Anyway, uh, yeah. he, said, um, he said, you know, I, I, we came in, uh, myself and my wife, because uh, my wife's always wanted to come. And it's been about, it was about 10 years after we'd opened. And uh, and he said, we drove in. It was a, at a weekend. He said, we drove in and, and uh, we drove around your car park, which isn't big, as you know. You've been there. It's not a big car park. And he said it was full. So we went into the overflow car park. And that's not big either, necessarily, for you know for, for what you get at some places. And uh, and he said, he said, I think we got the last car parking space. And, I, and when we stopped, I said to my wife, are you sure you want to go in there? He said, because it's bound to be rammed. And she said, look, we're here. I've waited long enough. We're going in, and uh, and of course they'd never been before, so they didn't know what to expect. And he, and he said to me, you know, he said we wander around. He said we've hardly seen a soul. What have you done with them all? You know, and <laughs> and, and that's the point is that you know you can go into one garden and you might yes. come across three or four people, mm -hmm. but then you know you can wander around for the next ten minutes and not see a soul. 
and it and the car park before you know oh, so it, it's, it's great for that and then the point that's the point is a garden should never be rushed it should always be relaxed it should be a, a pleasant enjoyable visit you know and, yeah. and therefore you, you you're not rushed and you're not you know you're not crammed with people it's, it doesn't have that chelsea flower show effect if you know what i mean where no. you're, you're taken around on a wave of people yeah yeah rod well, yes um, you, you we're going to have to stop in a while, you know. You've got a oh, member no. of the week. Don't let him go. Don't let him go. Yeah, we are we are taking up your time, Nick, yeah. and we're no, incredibly it's... grateful. I'm just going to finish off by saying that um, I love Barnsdale Gardens. It, it is a fabulous morning or afternoon or day out because you've got a really great cafe there as well, a restaurant, however you want to describe it, and uh, it it um, it is just a very good day. But to what completes the day is that once you've been around it, you can then go to the nursery, and uh, mm. you've got a fabulous nursery there as well with some wonderful plants. Yeah, thank you for that. Yeah, it is. Really? A, and I have to say that that I, I did have somebody today who was just about to go home and actually put in place all of the ideas. That's what she said, all of the ideas that she'd just gained as she went round because her head was full of them. And, you know, that's that music to my ears. You know, if everybody yeah. leaves with an idea and having had a good time as well, then then I'm a happy man. And I have to say that, you know, people think the gardens are all about the plants and, and everything else. But and this is what I talk about the obelisk with the bullcock on it. You know, at the end of the yeah. day, if you make something like that and somebody comes around to you and says, oh, that's fantastic, that would look great in my garden, where did you buy that? You know, your chef puffs out and you get all proud and everything. You're saying to him, oh, no, I didn't buy that. I made it. You know, and it's, you're just as yeah. proud of the things that you make in your garden as the things that you grow and, you you know, the combinations that you put in there and, and, and whatever. And obviously, you know, we, we, we know David's on there and David's an eminent, eminent world-renowned garden designer you know and he puts things together all the time and obviously you know he gets great respect for that but certainly for the amateur the things that you make and and create in your garden that are structural things are just as important absolutely it's your little your garden is your little bit of the world that you can within reason you can do what you want with yeah which absolutely. is lovely well, yeah. i think as long as it's legal, John, then it's yes, fine. exactly. That's, that's, <laughs> bit, um, that's the important bit. Yeah. yeah. Nick, just got to say uh, once more, thank you very much indeed for your time. We're going to let you Absolutely. get off and get your tea because I know you've you've had a very very busy day. We'll we'll let you crack on, and uh, I'll see you tomorrow because um, we're going to have a, a wee chat for for Boom Radio, and uh, and it's time for me to get some more plants. So I'll, I'll see you. <laughs> Thanks, Nick. Thank very much. Lovely to see you again. Bye. And a reminder, if you'd like to join Loving Your Garden and be inspired by some amazing, generous and very friendly gardeners, just look us up on Facebook groups and join our live broadcast on the site every Tuesday evening at 6 o'clock UK time. Or alternatively, catch the highlights on this very podcast. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye.